Wow. I hope you've been enjoying your evening so far. Um, we're nearly at the end of our singing time uh, together, and uh, you sound like you're in good voice. I'm at the front row, so can hear a lot of noise behind me, which is great news. Thank you, Andrew. Um, and uh, it's great to hear what, what, you've, what we've all been enjoying tonight, which is the carols. Now, we could probably do a straw poll and find out which was our favorite, um, but that would take too long, wouldn't it? So because there's quite a few that we've sung tonight. Um, anyone like, particularly like the spanish feel one that we had a little bit a while ago? That was quite funky, wasn't it? Uh, Ross and the band were certainly enjoying that. And uh, it's great to, to have these songs, these carols, which tell a story. And in fact, we've chosen them specifically. You may or may not have noticed that we chose them specifically in that order to tell the Christmas story. I don't know if you noticed that or picked up on that. So they, the songs told a story, and interleaved within those were some Bible readings which also told the Christmas story. And they too were in an order on purpose. That's because it's a story running this Christmas time. And the story is obviously the Christmas story. The Christmas story about how uh, Mary was visited by an angel and how it unfolds from there onwards through to Joseph and Mary running away at the end of the story and uh, taking Jesus uh, to, to flee from Herod as he pursues them. But the Bible tells these stories in very different ways. We've got four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they each take a different angle on this Christmas story. Matthew starts with a list of Jesus' descendants. And he goes from, sort of goes, traces Joseph's line, and it starts with Abraham and goes on from there. And we read this list of descendants, and we read of an angel appearing to Joseph. And we read of the wise men in Matthew's Gospel. That's his take on it. As, as he looks at his part of the story and says, well, this is the bit that's important to me and to the message I'm bringing. Luke, on the other hand, takes a slightly different view. Luke uh, starts somewhere else. He starts with John the Baptist as a baby. And he tells the story of the angel coming to Mary and how that then unfolded for her. We read in Luke's gospel of the angels and the shepherds. And, and Luke's one who at the beginning of his story, at the beginning of his gospel says, many have undertaken to write an account of the things that unfolded. And he goes on to tell someone called Theophilus that he's collated those accounts and he's looked through them and he's recording a verified record of the accounts that have taken place of Jesus. So he's sifted through and he's, he's put these things together in order for the readers. Mark skips the whole of the Christmas story altogether and starts his story of Jesus with John the Baptist as an adult and Jesus being baptized. Three different places to start. One with a genealogy and some ancestors. One with a story of John the Baptist as a baby. One with John the Baptist as an adult. All of them getting to the point of telling us about Jesus. That's what the Gospels are about. Good news about Jesus. But there's a fourth Gospel. John's Gospel that does something very different. Starts in a very different place. And John takes a very different angle on this whole story. John does something completely different. And that's because at the same time as our story is running, God's story is running too. And there's always another story that's behind what we can see, what we're aware of, what we can, can be eyewitnesses to and can record. That's what Luke's done. It's what Matthew's recording. It's, it's people's stories and what he's seen himself later on. He's heard the stories tell of Jesus' birth and he's followed him as a disciple. And he's writing down these things. And yet God has another story. And I want to share some readings from John's gospel that we've not read yet this evening and just unpack a little bit of this second story that's running at the same time as the first 
story that there were eyewitnesses to. This is what John writes. He says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. As a key word in this passage, and it's this word, word, um, Greek word, logos. It's, it's a key word, and, and John is saying, he's, he's, wrapping, he's wrapping so much up about God in this one saying, and we read through the whole of the Bible that God creates with a word. He speaks, and things come into existence. His word is powerful, and this, this use of the word here, this one word, word, that John's using sums up all of God's wisdom. It sums up his creative power. It sums up everything God utters that's of himself. And it's wrapped up in this sense of everything that emanates from God. In the beginning was this sense of God's spoken wisdom, creative word, powerful, powerful self-revelation. And that word was God. And he's talking here about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus who's going to come into the world and saying there's another story that's running. You see, just as Mary had her story and just as Joseph had his story and just as the shepherds had their story and uh, just last Sunday, we told of those, and we had the kids up, and they enacted what was going on. This would be much harder to enact. Maybe that's a challenge for another year, the heavenly story that's going on at the same time. But the kids can do cute things. We can have cute shepherds and a nasty Herod, and we can have all those parts playing out because that's the story that we read. But all the way through, there's another story that's running. And we read in God's story, as recorded in John's Gospel, that God himself has come. God himself. It's about God stepping into our world, into his world, the world that he made. As he has done through his spoken word again and again, but this time he's coming in person. He's not going to send someone else. He's going to come. We also read this in John's Gospel. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him and the key word here is world this world that God's created he didn't go somewhere else he came here he came to this place to this planet to our world and he he lived here among us the story is not only about God it's about the world that he made and he made the world good he made the world very very good some of us are going to be off for at least a day or so over Christmas you'll get a chance to eat and relax and pull a cracker maybe and stick a silly crown on your head and do all sorts of things over this Christmas period. But you may go for a walk one day and you may get a chance to go out in the countryside and just enjoy God's wonderful, amazing creation. It's good to do those sort of things. It's good to be outside and to see the world that God has made. And it's a good world. But in John's gospel, when he talks about the world, he's not just talking about the planet. This is not an ecological or environmental principle that he's unpacking. He's talking here about the people in the world. And he's saying that God himself came in amongst the world that he created, the people of the world. And the world didn't recognize him when Jesus came. Even when he came to his own people, they didn't recognize him. Thirdly, we see this, that in John's Gospel, again, at this beginning part, it says, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. 
key word here is human. He took on flesh. He became like you or like me. Became one of us. There's a version of the Bible that talks about this and this, this sense of God becoming like us and making his home among us and talks about God moving into the neighborhood. It's got that sense about it that God moved amongst us, that he dwelt among us, that he became one of us. And this is, of course, is the miracle of the Christmas story. That God would become like you unlike me. Why? Why would he do that? What would make him do such a thing, such an act of self-giving, such an act of love, such an act of, of compassion, such an act that would um, make him step into our creation in such a way he'd, he was present amongst us, but to do that in such a manifest way, to make himself known in that way, so amazing. But God became man and made his home among us, showing that actually God's not far off, but he's here. He's with us. He became flesh. You see, this is where his story becomes our story. This is what's going on behind the scenes as, as Mary's receiving this message from the angel, as Joseph is too, as the shepherds are hearing this, sto this story unfolding, as the, the wise men or magi, whatever they were, were traveling across with their gifts to come and bring to the newborn king. They each had a part to play in the story that was taking place, that was being recorded. But of course, all this is possible because God was writing a different story. And those stories interconnected and intersected as God's story interconnected with the people's story that they were telling and they were seeing and they were aware of. And John records for us God's story of God stepping into our world. The truth is this, that this sense of interconnecting stories is happening day after day after day after day and it's still happening today. This is not just something that happened 2,000 years ago where God did something one day and life has carried on since. It's not quite like that. You see, each of us has a story. Each of us this year is writing our own story of what this next week or two will be like. Yours may feature lots of TV. It may not. Yours may feature lots of walking. It may feature none. Yours may feature lots of eating or not so much eating. It may feature all sorts of things, but if you were... Uh, to look back in a couple of weeks' time and write the story of your Christmas, it would have all sorts of different aspects to it. You could, you could write about where you went and what you did, and some may keep journals or diaries, and you, you could look back in years to come and see what your story of Christmas was this year. But the truth is this, that God is still writing his story. He's not finished. And just as much as we're aware of what's going on around us and all the events of the day after day after day, God is still writing his story. And he's still interested in how his story intersects with ours. You see, this moment changed everything. It wasn't just because God had nothing better to do that he became man. But the Bible tells us this also in John's Gospel right at the beginning. This was the reason that he came. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They're reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. What an opportunity to become children of God. That we could know that our story intersects with God's in such a way that we're no longer the same. That we don't just have to write our journal and write our diary and tell our story of how the world looks to us, but that God stepped in 
so that my story could be changed and your story could too. And that that could go on day after day after day after day. My encouragement today is simple. That God today is offering an opportunity for us to discover a new chapter in our story. A new chapter in our story. It may be that you've been aware, painfully aware or blissfully aware of the day after day after day of what life's looked like for you recently. Maybe that that's been very pressing and that there's some stuff even that you're anxious about. We, we anticipate things that are coming in the next chapter. Some of us, I, I tend not to do this, but I'm, I'm sure there are some here, like to, when you get a book, you like to read the end first so you're not surprised by anything. I'm sure some like to do that. I, I don't like, I like the surprise of reading along and finding out what's going to happen. I don't watch the last 10 minutes of a film and then go back to the beginning and watch the whole thing again. That just kind of ruins it, really. I, I like the surprise, but some of us in life would quite like to know what the next chapter's going to be like. Because some of it we think might be a bit different to what we've seen so far. Some of it might be worrying. Some of it holds things that we can't perceive yet, and we're, we're wondering, what's this going to be like? And we're thinking, Lord, where do I go? What, what's the next part of the story going to look like? My encouragement is that God wants to be in that next part of the story for each one of us. He doesn't want us just to live with our story, but he wants to come and be present and real and alive for each one of us today. And if you've been living your life without God, without being aware of, of his life that he's offered, then today is a great opportunity to say yes to him. If you said yes years ago, and actually you've been so very much aware of your own story, the Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, the Thursday, the Friday, the Saturday, the Sunday, and it's been going on and on and on, and you've had enough of it just going on. You know you need God's story again. He's refreshing, and today is a great day to connect again with God's story. Why? Because our story runs at the same time as his, and God wants to connect those two together in our lives. I'm going to pray. And uh, I would love us to, to pray together today to say, Lord, we thank you for the chapters we've had. But I believe that for each one of us, there's a new chapter coming. Not just because we're going to wake up tomorrow, but because God wants to bring something fresh into our lives. And it's filled with him and his purpose and his presence. It's not just the stuff we create. It's filled with him because God's telling his story at the same time that we're telling ours. So let's pray. Just as you're getting ready to pray, it may be that you, as you've sung these songs today, you've heard these carols, the words of the Bible reading, and you've heard the few words I've said. You've looked at the words at the screen, and you've thought about becoming a child of God, and you've thought, yep, I know I need that. I've been telling my own story, but I need a new story. I need a new chapter. I, I need something different in my life, and I want it to be filled with God. If that's you, I'd love to pray with you particularly. I'd like to give you the opportunity to respond so that I can pray. And I'd love you to raise your hand nice and high so that I can see, so that I can pray. You're saying, I need a new chapter. I need God in it. Would you just put your hand up for me and I'd love to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. I've seen there's anybody else who'd love me to pray for you. Thank you. Okay, let me pray. For each one of us, Lord, I thank you for the chapters we've had so far in our lives. We thank you for the stories we've been telling. 
of how Mondays looked through to Saturday and Sunday. And Lord, we thank you that each day is a gift from you. And just as Mary and Joseph and the others in that, that Christmas scene and that Christmas account could tell their stories and those words could be recorded for us in Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel, Lord, we thank you for those. But we recognize as well that there's another story that's taking place. And we read it in John. It's a story of what you're doing in the world, of how you're stepping in, how you're becoming one of us and taking our place. Lord, and you're giving us new life. And I pray for those who've specifically responded today to say, I need a new chapter and it needs to have God right in the center of it. Lord, that you would hear their prayer. That you'd answer the cry of their hearts. And as they're looking ahead to what the next chapter brings, Lord, you'd already be affirming to them and showing them that you're right in the middle of that. And Lord, for every single one of us here in this place, I pray that we wouldn't only live our story, that our Christmas period of time, these next couple of weeks, wouldn't be so small that we forget you and your story and what you're doing. Lord, help us be aware that there's something so much more vast going on, that there's something much greater taking place, that our lives here connect to something much bigger, that you are telling a wonderful story, that you are the story, the Word of God, the Logos. You're creating and recreating again and again and again. And God, I thank you that you invite us to be part of that story. I pray that you'd help us to see it day after day after day, that we might join with you in what you are doing in this world. Amen.